The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at karm.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. Today is September 12th, 2023 for the podcasters. If you want, as usual, all you got to do is give me a call, 877-207-2276. All right. And um, looking at a couple of things. We're going to have a guest on here a little bit. We're going to introduce a ministry. It's a guy I've known for a while. And... Uh, Every now and then we do that. We talk about people's uh, ministries are involved with. We can promote them because it's a good ministry, and you'll find out why. So let's get on with Alex from Orlando. Alex, buddy, welcome, your man. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on today. Well, I had to. Whatever. <laughs> way to way to start the interview off on a high note. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> No, that's okay. It's all good because, yeah. Well, you know, I rip you all the time. You know, so uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That, that is true. So why don't you introduce yourself in this ministry thing you're doing? Because it's pretty, pretty cool. It is. So what do you got? Yeah. So uh, yeah, for the listeners out there, my name is uh, Alex Wright. Um, got converted about nine years back, and. After I was converted, God put missions on my heart. There were some trials and tribulations and challenges in any believer's life. And then I ended up starting the uh, ministry that I founded uh, in 2017. It's called Vessels for Christ. So God just connected to us to a few different countries, a few different pastors, orphanages, missionaries we've been supporting. Uh, We primarily do work in Belize. Myanmar and India, and um, we just try to equip them. Uh, we support some of them monthly on a financial basis. Some uh, I'll go there and teach and preach and uh, do some Zoom calls and things like that. And um, yeah, we're just trying to really support the ones that are um, evangelistic on the ground, sharing the gospel, in some cases, risking their lives, risking um, taking risks to go in certain areas. But we just want to see the gospel uh, go out to all the nations, as it says in Matthew 28. And uh, there's still about 6,000, 6,500 people groups that um, have not been reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So there's still a lot of work left to do. So I just feel that God has called me to start this and um, to just um, share about Christ. It's a work with people who share about Christ throughout different countries and just continue the work uh, in order to get the gospel proclaimed to all the nations. So that's pretty much what we do uh, in a nutshell. Well, wow, it's a pretty good nutshell. So, um, yeah, you came over here once, my house, because you live in Florida. Spent a few days and, and uh, we got talking about, well, all kinds of stuff. But you've really traveled, right? You've really traveled around. Tell us what, what countries you've been to. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. I've been to almost 20 at this point. I'm going to add a couple more before the end of the year. But, man, I've been to uh, Mexico, Guatemala, Costa Rica, um, Belize, 
Um, I've been to South Korea, Japan, India, Turkey, um, Malaysia, uh, Myanmar, Thailand. Um, I think what else? I'm, I think I'm missing a few there. Um, yeah, probably, but a good a good amount. Yeah, and th- and this. Uh, uh, before the end of the year, I'll be in Indonesia, possibly. Oh, I've been to Vietnam. I'll probably go back to Vietnam and maybe the Philippines. So, yeah, I, I, I get around. And, you know, it, just really quickly is uh, when I was lost, I mean, I was a drug addict for years. Um, and when I got saved, you know, one thing that was always a desire in my heart was to travel the world. I wanted to see different cultures. So, you know, once I got converted, you know, God put missions on my heart and he equipped and and all mo- almost all these trips have been funded just from different Christians and believers um, that support the ministry. So I'm, I'm just grateful to the Lord that he uh, was able to do this for me, you know, and be able to see the world and see different cultures and share about Christ. Well, you have supporters, right? They, uh, they help you, uh, you know, foot the bill for all this travel and, uh, and stuff. Yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. The ministry is, uh, 99% of the donations go towards expenses and the people we work with overseas. I don't take a salary. We've never been able to be fully doing this like, like your ministry is. Uh, so pretty much all of it is just going to help people. I mean, there's a need. There's a plane ticket that someone needs. There's food. There's medicine. There's um, travel expenses for someone to relocate. You know, whatever uh, the people we work with. Uh, need you know I just pray and I ask for different people to get the help out and people like supporting a ministry like that because it's not like you're giving to a big organization where you don't really see where it goes or you know sometimes some of those organizations 30 or 40 percent goes towards administrative costs so people like to see that the money is getting directly into people's hands and I can send them pictures and do updates and show them you know, where their help is going and, and uh, new believers that are being baptized in churches that are growing. So, yeah. Well, do you train any pastors out there? Yeah, so we have, um, so we were working with a pastor in India. We're, we're working on a few new connections there. But in Myanmar, yeah, we have uh, three pastors we primarily work with. And I'll send them resources. I'll do some teaching with them. Um, I'll go there. I try to share more about um, more sound doctrine, more reformed theology, and get them good resources um, to what's going on. I mean, they've all been to Bible school, but it's like very basic level Bible school overseas. It's not like a Bible college we have here. So we have so much information. I mean, I have a library of hundreds of books. And I learn, and I develop outlines, and, yeah, I go over things with them. Um, so they're just more well-equipped to uh, to um, pastor and to teach their people, and, yeah. yeah. It reminds me, when I went to the Philippines a few years ago, um, we knew we were going to have a meeting with a bunch of pastors. So what we did, we brought stuff. And uh, I raised funds, and I brought uh, small laptops just you know just in case and, and they all took them and they were, weren't very expensive but they were you know we got enough and uh i got like 50 thumb drives and i put a lot of car material on there and uh they they love that yeah they really do appreciate uh tools and uh and resources so i'm looking at your website 
vesselsforchrist.org, all one word. Mm-hmm. And uh, biblically reformed, non-denominational, Christian, non-profit ministry based on God's word. You got a phone number up there. So how would, you know, what phone number, I mean, uh, phone number and uh, email, how would they get a hold of you? Just curious. Yeah, I mean, so my phone number's on the website. If you want to um, call me, um, you can, or shoot me a text, or, you know, want to know more about the ministry. Um, the best way to contact me is by email, and that's uh, A Wright, like my name, A W R I G H T, at vesselsforchrist.org. So that would be the best way to contact me if you want to know any more information or want me to speak at. I've spoken at a few churches about the ministry or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, that would be a great way to get in touch with me. Okay. So, okay, I'm curious. Have you got a good story? You know, something that happened while you're out there, <laughs> just something interesting that stands out? Um, well, I'll, t- I'll tell two. So I'll tell a story about me, and then I'll tell a story about some of the things we encounter over there. But, All right. Um, yeah, one of the one of the stories... So my wife has been on a few trips with me and we went, this was like four or five years ago. We went to Myanmar. And so there's a little bit, I'll try to condense it. So we get there and we're going to be preaching, doing evangelistic, a message to a village. And we get there and the pastor we're working with at the time, he's like kind of, you know, he's talking to the village leader a lot. A lot of times you got to get this approved with the village leader. They're not Christian. But we provided soap, and we provided food, and we were going to have this big meal and stuff. So there's, like, dialogue going back and forth, and he's telling me, oh, he might call the police, or he might call the government, and this is getting me really nervous. <laughs> so he, he keeps saying this back and forth, because we're, on, we're in there on tourist visas. So you can get religious visas to go into countries, but they very rarely get approved, or you're under a microscope. So we're under tourist visas there, so... He's, you know, going back and forth with this guy, and eventually he goes, okay, 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 we'll, you know, we'll, we'll let it slide, we'll let it slide. He was just kind of trying to shake us down for some more money and stuff like that. And so eventually the village leader is like, okay, it's fine, you can, you know, preach your message, we'll feed the people and all this. So we, they had made this big food in this cauldron, and it's like huge. And the guy said, he's like, okay, don't eat any of the village food. Be careful with the food and the water there. So this lady comes up to us and puts the spoon right in our faces before we're about to preach the message. And if we would have not taken the food, you know, it could have been over right then because it would have just been impolite and stuff. So she puts it right in our face. So I take some, my wife takes some. And that was my first, that was my wife's first experience in Myanmar, and she was sick for like four or five days after that. Oh, jeez! Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, How she was you? she was down for the. Yeah, I was okay. I had been there before, so maybe I had built up some, you know, immunity or something. But she was out. But we we had we didn't have a choice. They came up to us like right before we we're supposed to preach, and you know we had to eat it. And she she bit the bullet, but let's just say she. She she when you mentioned me and Mar to her she just she doesn't get very excited anymore. Let's just say that. <laughs> so that that yeah. was that was pretty that was pretty rough. And actually, in that same village, uh, I actually ate rats when I was there, and and because I like to eat new things, and they were like, 
do you want to eat this? What I said, what is it? And the guy's like translating for me. He's like, yeah, it's rat. And I was like, and then my wife asked, how do they get the rats? Well, the dogs go and catch the rats and then they cook the rats. And let's just say it, it tasted like, you know, rat. I mean, what would you expect it to taste like? It, it was terrible. <laughs> it was, it was I went awful, to a sushi. Man. I went to a sushi restaurant, and they served me. My friends go, here, try this uni. It's sea urchin eggs. And what I tell people is, it tastes just like sea urchin eggs. That's whatever you expect. That's what it tastes like. And, uh, yeah, it was yeah. an interesting experience. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, hey, you know, um, as long as it's cooked, as long as it's cooked, there's no germs in it. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, when you travel on the missions field, when you're overseas and you're working with people, I mean, you got to eat a lot of stuff. But you're and you're going to get food poisoning. I mean, I've had food poisoning. Are you there? I think we lost you. Okay, Alex, not hearing you, man. So there we go. Okay, we lost you for five seconds. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh no! I was just saying that, like you know, you got to eat what the people eat. So I mean, you're yeah. you're bound to get sick at times. You know, it, it is what it is. So yeah, I've heard stories from missionaries. They they got to go through the through the hoops, and then they're okay and they're acclimated, and they they is for the gospel. So there you could ask your wife back out there again. Hey, you want to go to Myanmar? Yeah, yeah. Well, she, you know, we were in Myanmar and India. She loved it when we got to India because the food was a lot better and stuff like that. But, you know, here's what hold it is. On, I've man. had bad food poisoning like that. Okay. We got a break. So hold on. We'll get back with you. All right. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877 207 2276. We'll be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. We're going to have uh, Alex on to the bottom of the hour, another 5, 10 minutes. And uh, let's get back on with Alex. Are you still there, buddy? Yeah, I'm still here. All right, so you said you had a two story. So that's one. What's the other one? Uh-huh. Well, so the other story I want to tell about this because um, this is what I found out about this last year. Um, one of the guys you work with is in Belize. His name's Nate Stewart. Your call, your listeners can keep him in prayer. We sent him a lot of resources. He's been American there. He's American. He's been living there for about seven years. But he's preaching the true gospel in that country. And the biggest, uh, some of the biggest issues they're dealing with down there is the word faith movement and the NAR movement, the New Apostolic yeah. Reformation that you've yeah. written about. And I'll tell you, yeah, yeah, two very false gospels, false ideologies that are promoted there. And um, I'll tell you, he told me what happens with this NAR stuff is so bad, it, it can lead to people actually dying. And he told me two different times there that, one I think one was about 17, the other one was about 13. It was a girl and a boy. And their parents were caught up in this NAR stuff. And they went to this healing room in town. And they got supposedly healed. And the people said, well, you're healed. God healed you. So they stopped taking their medicine. And they had these bad illnesses. 
and they were and they said no god healed me i'm done taking my medicine and both of these young people died yeah. during this time mm-hmm. and so th- this is what this is what you know we're dealing with in that country and many others with you know some people think well it's heretical but it's not you know doing so much damage or so on and so forth but man this this false stuff this satanic demonic stuff killed a few people in that country and that's what he's having to deal with and um and uh unlo- and have these people unlearn and he trains these pastors who have who have left some of this and they are left some of this word fake stuff but that's what the full circle that's what full circle happens to some of these false theologies like it can literally kill people because of the yeah. bad teachings Oh, yeah. Back at uh, Christian Research Institute uh, years ago, years and years, I did some volunteer work there, and they are raising funds. I remember calling up a guy and his father uh, hated Christianity. This one man hated it, absolutely hated Christianity. And he was just vile and uh, full of foul language and cursing. And I just let him talk. I said, what's going on? And and he said, it's you guys, and it, he meant Christians, who killed his daughter because of the popular confession movement. The same thing. She stopped. She wouldn't go get uh, checked at the doctor for cancer, and it killed her. And uh, I remember his anguish, and I said, sir, I said, that's one of the things we're working against. We're trying to expose that lie. And, you know, we, and I was able to talk to him. But it's there's so many stories like that. There's just so many stories. It's sad. And I know it's also very prevalent in South America. I'd love to get down to South America and do some teaching down there. But it's all over there as well. And women pastors and NAR and Father Confession. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's really it's really bad. And so I like working with this brother, and he's very evangelistic. And, and they're, he's training about nine pastors throughout the country. And they've all left either the NAR or the Word Faith. They have um, Reformation study Bibles. He's teaching them sound doctrine. He's teaching them Reformed theology. He's teaching them what the Bible teaches about healing and how everyone won't be healed. Some of us will suffer. Some of us will struggle. We all won't be healed. I mean, it's really when we get to heaven and have our new bodies. You know, like you mentioned, Justin Peters. I'm friends with Justin, too. And, you know, he, he waits for his new body. He, he You know, I don't think he, he's going to be healed. He'll, he can pray for it, but... We're all not going to be healed. That's not what the Bible teaches. No guarantee. Sometimes God does heal. We're certainly praying for healing for yeah. my wife. Uh, she's, you know, an yeah. issue and that she's got, and Justin. And, and uh, uh, yeah, it's a real need that, uh, that we have in the body of Christ to get the truth out. So I'm glad you're doing that because I know you know good stuff, and I know you're aware of this, and uh, I know you have a heart for the Lord. And uh, that's a good thing. And, and I want to be able to promote your ministry, and I think it's a good ministry. So tell us again what the URL is, how they can get a hold of you, how they can pray for you, too. Sure, sure. So the uh, website is vesselsforchrist.org. Um, you can go on there. You can pray for us if you'd like to donate. There's a donate link there. There's the information if you'd like to mail a check. Um, you can call me, and my personal cell is you know, three three one two zero six zero five three one. If you want to call me, go ahead. You know, uh, and ask about the ministry in any way. Um, you can pray for a couple things. Pray for Myanmar, Belize, and India. Pray for more people to come to the faith, more people to be converted. 
Um, pray for the people we work with there, that they're guarded. In Myanmar, there's a war going on right now. The pastor we work with has had fighting all around him. There's severe flooding right now. There's Are you there? I think we may have lost you again. Hello? Not sure. Let's see. Let's get another few seconds because it happened once before. There and... and um, Okay, we lost you for another what? five seconds. Don't know what happened or why, but uh, oh, go back about I, yeah, ten seconds. I don't seconds. know what's going on. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was just saying. Um, just pray for the upcoming trip. Uh, all the information's on the website. Uh, if you'd like to sign up for the newsletter, I you know release about three to four a year about what we're doing. And if you want to contact me about any anything or donate to the ministry in any way, you can go do that through the website. Um, there and um, yeah just keep us in prayer that's the biggest thing we need I mean just like you I know about the attacks you know the spiritual attacks that you and me and others that are running ministries deal with it, it's it's hard I mean I've had nightmares for almost two to three weeks now daily so I mean really? just pray for us well you gotta C- stop looking oh, in the yeah. mirror yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell my wife that one so like um, that's how I stopped mine. But yeah, just pray for <laughs> that's it. Yeah, there there you go. There you go. But yeah, just just pray for us. Pray that God protects us. Pray that God guards us from temptation. And pray that the Lord keeps us focused on Christ first and foremost. There's a lot of things that can distract us and take us away from our calling. So just pray that He sustains us. Yeah, and when you go, you, you travel to different countries. There's a bit of a risk. I mean, you go into these foreign situations, and and uh, for the most part, you know, it's safe. But sometimes, sometimes it just takes one wacko, and uh, you can certainly meet them. So, and you stand yeah, out in the that's crowd true. because yeah, how there's... tall are you? I'm tall six you? five. Yeah, you're six five. So you stand out. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. In Asia, so, I especially stick out. But, yeah, so I can deal with some of those things. And, and some, you know, through customs, you get nervous. A lot of times I'm going in there as a tourist, so I'm not supposed to be doing what I'm doing. So, yeah, if, if your listeners can cover me in prayer. Joanne does a great job. The CARM prayer team does a great job of praying for yes. me when I'm on these trips. Yeah, she does a great job. She's made for that. And uh, so if any of you want to, and just to throw this out, anyone wants to uh, have prayers for you, just prayer uh, let me try this again in English. You can contact us at prayer at karm.org. Hey, uh, thanks a lot, buddy. There's the music. we got to go. So thanks for calling in, Alex. Appreciate it. May the Lord bless you, okay? All right, man. All right, thanks, man. All right, Alex. Hey, folks, you have four open lines. You want to give me a call? 877-207-2276. we be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Let's get to Luke from Dayton, Ohio. Hey, Luke, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt, how are you doing? Doing all right. Hanging in there, man. What do you got, buddy? All right, so I had a question about the uh, scripture that teaches being absent from the body and present with the Lord. And I know that um, some people think 
we go into some kind of soul sleep. I, I assume the Catholic Church gets their purgatory teaching here. I was wondering um, what, what your thought is on what exactly we experience when our soul departs from our body, but we haven't yet received our glorified bodies. Our spirit goes to be with the Lord. We're fully conscious. There is no such thing as soul sleep and no annihilation. And uh, the wicked, they go to uh, a bad place, and they are under punishment until the final day, and there'll be our universal resurrection. We'll be reunited with our resurrected bodies, uh, which is what God wants for us, and then uh, we'll be with the Lord forever, and the unbelievers will be cast into outer darkness and hell and fire. Okay, so soul sleep doesn't work, and I can give you reasons for it. Could you, yeah, could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So uh, we needed to find our terms first. Soul sleep is the idea that there are different kinds, but I'll go with the most favorable one, uh, that, uh, that a person dies and ceases to have consciousness, but still has existence. And they continue in this state after death. Now, I like to talk to annihilationists and uh, those who hold that position. I say, I say, well, uh, why do you say that? And then they'll get to the scriptures where you know the person's asleep, and it's a metaphor in the Bible because you die, you lay down, you know, you're asleep. And so uh, they say, well, that means you're asleep, and that's what it means, unconscious. And I say, okay, so we've got some issues here. Um, and uh, I said, so. Is there any energy being expended by the soul or the spirit uh, in soul sleep? Now, it's a technical question. If there's no energy being uh, expressed, then uh, then there's no existence. And it's not soul sleep, it's annihilation. If there is energy being expended, I want to know what kind it is. Because I say to them, I said, look, sleep is for a physical realm. God and the angels don't sleep. They don't need that kind of rest. So if we're no longer in our physical bodies, why do we need to sleep? And why is it? And plus, what's the connection between the human spirit and our physical bodies? Because it's close to what's called property dualism, which is the teaching that the spirit mind is a property of the physical brain. When it ceases, the, the soul spirit ceases. Now, that's not their position, but it's similar to this idea of property dualism, though they technically hold to substance dualism. So it's kind of a, have a foot in one in both camps. So nevertheless, I say, so you don't know what if any energy is expended. You don't know what's going on. You don't have any idea about this. I said, okay, now look, here's another question for you. Says, if a person's in a state of soul sleep, nothing's happening. No attributes are active. Is that correct? Because I'm setting them up. Because the attributes, what's an attribute? Well, awareness, self-awareness, awareness of others, being able to think, uh, be rational, uh, things like that. And uh, the attributes of our, our existence uh, are non-active. All right, so... I so guess my... Go I'm ahead. sorry, go ahead. I'll show you why this is important. I was going to show it to you, but go ahead. Go ahead. Um, if we are like, if we are conscious and aware of everything and whatnot, are we, so are we aware of what's currently going on on earth as well or well, just let me in answer heaven that or... I show you what i was leading that up to this issue of okay. why this is dangerous because if there's no attribution and no properties being uh, active then 
apply it to Christ because he has two distinct natures, a divine nature and a human nature. So are the human nature attributes no longer active? If that is the case, then how is the hypostatic union re retained? And this is a serious issue. And I can get in and expand that on it quite a bit. All right, so your question is something that's asked by Catholics and Eastern Orthodox. Uh, they'll ask me, they'll say, look, isn't it the case that uh, the saints in heaven can hear us? And I say, uh, nothing in the Bible says that. And they go to Revelation 5, 8. When he had taken the book, the four living creatures, the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They say, see, they can hear this, the prayers. It doesn't say that. So what they're doing is trying to reach into the text to say that, well, that's what it says, so that's what it, we, we're going to tell you what it means, because our church has the authority, etc. And it doesn't say that. And uh, then they go to verse 13 of Revelation 5, and every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and under the sea and all things in them I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and the Lamb would be blessing and honor and glory. And so they'll say, see? So uh, John could hear what they were saying, and I say, well, look, 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 John wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't dead. And these people here, when it says that he heard the uh, sits on the throne of the Lamb, it's just the chorus going up. And it is a, a, uh, a way of speaking about the myriad voices going into the heavenly realm. And in the vision that John had, this is what he was seeing. It doesn't mean that people in heaven can see what's happening on earth. It just means that something spiritual is occurring in the worship ascending to God. And this is in a, a very um, uh, figurative uh, area of the book of Revelation. So I would say, no, they can't, uh, they can't see or hear. Now, I could be wrong in that, uh, in that I, I, but I don't believe that they are able to. And uh, I've not seen anything in the Bible that says that. So I have a problem with that. And, and other stuff. I can get into other things. Like there's, there's a lot. I've written 182 articles dealing with uh, annihilationism and its related topics. So I've got, I've got a lot to say about it. So go ahead. Okay. What? You said nihil, annihilationism? Annihilationism is the view that when you die, uh, there's different subsets of it. But ultimately, the person ceases to have existence, and that is what the eternal punishment is. And that doesn't make any sense, because always in the Bible, punishment is experienced. If punishment is non-existence, as if you're non-existing, you don't experience punishment. And so it goes against the very simple method of God's uh, work upon someone where he punishes them and they're aware of it. And that's how punishment is in the Bible. I did a check. Mm -hmm. And every, every time it's, it's experienced. But punishment for them is non-existence in annihilationism. How's that punishment? They don't exist. You see? Yeah. And there's okay. all kinds of problems. Yeah. And I get into states and the law of identity and different states of existence and non-existence and properties and if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C and how's one punishment, one's not. I get all this stuff, uh, do all these kind of discussions with them. So annihilationism is a, an aberrant doctrine. It doesn't mean that uh, they don't exist. Or they're not Christians, but it's an aberrant one. So this idea of soul sleep, uh, if you want to refute it for real, just go to Second Corinthians 4, or 12.4. 2 Corinthians uh, 12, uh, 2, actually. Uh, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or out of the body I do not know, God knows. 
such a man was caught up to the third heaven but I know how such a man whether in the body or apart from the body do not know God knows was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which a man is not permitted to speak so he was outside of his body and he was with the Lord so there you go you can exist apart from the body and be fully conscious there's the proof Second Corinthians 12 verses 2 through 4 yeah I'll have to I'll have to check that out are you leaning towards annihilationism or soul sleep I hope not but no no I I'm just not I haven't really studied this before so I'm just wondering what the Bible says well, what I would recommend is, if you're interested, is go to CARM, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G forward slash annihilationism, and you'll find uh, just a bunch of articles, and you can scan through the, the titles and look for soul sleep issues, and you'll see there's uh, okay. a lot of problems with it, okay? All right. All well, right. I appreciate your time. Uh-huh. All right, man. No problem. God bless. All right. God bless. Yep. Right. See ya. See ya. All right. Hey, if you want to give me a call, three open lines, 877-207-2276. Let's get on with uh, Susan from Richmond, Virginia. we got got a break coming up, but let's see what we got here. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm fine. Can you hear me? Thanks. Yes, I can. I can hear you fine. Great. All right. Wonderful. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Enjoy listening to your show. And uh, finally decided I needed to call in tonight. I was listening to your conversation with a gentleman about the uh, attitude towards people in the Word of Faith movement. And uh, I'm really just calling to get some understanding of the perception about so people bad. within that movement. I'm sorry? Well, I'll tell you what, we've got a break. So we come back, and I'll ask for clarification on the question, and we'll talk about it, okay? Okay. So hold sure. on. Sure. Hey folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Three open lines, 877-207-2276. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Let's get back on here with Susan. Okay, Susan, welcome. You're back on. Hi, Matt. Okay, let me start by saying, um, you know, as the gentleman was saying um, about uh, the person that, you know, had had a really bad attitude about towards people of the faith movement because, you know, someone got sick and then, you know, they someone told them that they were healed and uh, they didn't take their medicine. That is not a general belief that I know of within the faith movement. I, I'm in the faith movement, and I don't believe like that. So, you know, we must realize that within various groups of, of believers that we all may tend to believe something different than what really is intended by that particular, you know, type of belief. And so I think that doesn't really portray us sincerely what the faith movement is about. I'm going to... Uh, Refer to but, one scripture that says, the just shall live by faith. But, but and I have so to tell you, we, well, we, hold on, hold on. I, I, I have to inform you. The Word of Faith me, movement is full of heretical false teachers. False teachers. No, I, I'm not talking about the teachers. That's, that's just, uh, well, that, that's what I, I wanted to stay away from that. 
And I want to just say biblical by scripture. So I'm not calling to argue with you. I'm just going to say something general. I just kind of want to hear your explanation of it. So the Bible says the just shall live by faith. That is a general premise for everybody, foundational premise for us as believers. I'm trying to understand why is there a problem with that? There's not a problem with living by faith. It's why, faith in Christ. People have it's a faith problem in God. With, because I'll, I'll explain. Hold on, it's let me explain. I'm let, sorry. Let me, okay, so that's quoting Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by faith. Okay, so what? this is yes. before the atonement. And so we're not guaranteed healing and all this stuff in the atoning work. We live by faith and we trust God. It's, I call it faithing, to move forward trusting in Him because of who He is. That's it. But we are okay. not to say, my faith is like a substance. My faith is what enables God to do things. My faith is what will uh, cause this to, to come into reality. That's the problem. When we have faith, faith is only as good as you put it. We put it in Christ, and then we trust Him in and through our difficulties and uh, and see what He does. Okay. Uh, that's one aspect. So, you know, you're taking, like, even I'm within Hebrews, because it says without faith it's, it's impossible to please God. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we have to use our faith. Now, no, 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 no. You people, don't use your faith. No, no, no. You don't use when your I faith. Say that, I'm saying, hold on, hold I'm on, saying, hold on, hold on. You don't use your faith. It's not a substance. It's not a thing. Okay, hold, hold it right there. Well, let me ask you one question right there. No, let me, ask let me you explain. One let right me there. let me explain, please. Okay. okay? I need okay. to tell you that when you say people use faith, that's a false teaching. We don't use it. Faith is something granted to us by God. Philippians one twenty nine. He grants that we have that. So you faith. don't have to. You don't you, have to. Please use let your me faith? finish. Okay, look. Okay. I need to. Okay. I need to be able to finish what I'm saying with you. Okay. Okay. Right? Okay. Faith is something granted to us by God. We don't have it to use it as if it's a thing. We simply exercise faith in God because faith is only as good as who you put it in. That's it. We're continually trusting in Him. That's what it is. Okay? Okay? You there? Okay. That's your opinion. Okay, let me ask. So that's right. why We're going to move along. We're going to move along because you're not listening to what the Word of God says. No, I told I, you that I it's granted by God. Said. Hold on. Okay, we're moving along because you're not letting me finish. Okay. We have to get going because she keeps wanting to overtalk. We're just not going to do that. And uh, sorry, folks, but she's not apparently not open to being taught. I gave her the scriptures that shows that this is from God. It's granted by God. It's not a thing that you use. That's a false teaching out of the Word of Faith movement, and I don't want to get frustrated with her and uh, and say things I shouldn't say. So since I had to warn her a couple, three times, we're just, you know, it's just best to move on. And let's get to, let's see, let's get to, oh, man, I hit the wrong thing. There we go. I'll close that, and let's get to Anonymous from Raleigh, North Carolina. Welcome. You're on the air. You there? Hello, I don't hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Now I hear you. Yes. There okay. you go. <laughs> well, it helps if I unmute the phone with my phone. Uh, good evening, first of all, and thank you so much. I make a point every night to, to listen. I've got a question. I don't have much time. Whoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's about 
healing. I've heard of a pastor um, talking on on about uh, someone that had been in a lot of accidents. I've been in probably no less than 40, 50, I don't know, car, motorcycle wreck, near death. I don't want to get into that. But absolutely a miracle that I'm even alive. I mean, and I heard someone was talking about they've been through almost the same thing, that they could have the gift of healing. Do you, have you heard of that? Or? If God ordains it, if God wants. So I affirm that all the charismatic gifts are still for today, but not the way they were with the apostles who could heal on command and raise the dead from on command. God can certainly work through the body of Christ to bring healing to people should he desire. And my wife, as an example, has a lot of medical issues, and she's got bad days and not so bad days. They're all bad days, bad and not so bad. And we pray, I pray every night for her healing. For years, I've been praying every night. And it's up to God. And I don't have the gift of, okay, but if someone who claims to comes, you know, God uses that person then fine they want to heal and, and heal her that's fine i don't have any problem with that but well, i don't know unless I, I pray for someone and it happens i don't know but i just thought that was good. Good. Pretty good. Cool. and it's true hey. uh, pray. Hey, thank pray. you so much God bless you. remind me of your wife's name please her name's anique a-n-n-i-c-k it's a french name okay. and uh, we'll, mom was born we'll and continue in france. to pray for her okay yeah, you can just say mrs thank slick you, so you know so, <laughs> but, oh, oh wow, man! Rocket science. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. God bless you. Okay, thank God you. God bless you. All right, and yeah, I'm gonna uh, tell everybody. Right. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna tell everybody. It's one of the privileges of having your own radio show is you can make requests, and uh, it's gonna request everyone out there pray for my wife's healing. Like I said, she has bad days, then she has not so bad days, and. Uh, I'm not going to t- say too much more than that, but particularly lately, she could really use a lot of your prayers. All right, now, uh, okay, so I don't. I think we got someone calling in or coming in, but um, but I don't see it kind of on the phone yet. So what I did, I brought my file uh, up, and I'm going to read through some of the stuff that, for example, Kenneth Copeland says. And this is, oh, we, here we go. Let's see if we can. Let's try Alberto. Hey, Alberto, welcome. You're on the air, man. What do you got, buddy? Yes. Yeah, my question is, why should sinners, who are their, their children of the devil, why should they behave morally right in society or raise their kids to be morally right in society? They should raise them to be hoodlums, criminals, hookers, and prostitutes since they want to make their father the devil proud of them. So the devil can say, there goes my daughter. Well, wait, wait, wait. wait. Just stick son, with the question. Stick with the question without a long explanation of something. So what's okay. your question? Okay. Okay. My question is, why do sinners want to behave morally upright, even though they're, even though they're their child of the devil? Why do they want to, you said? Or not yeah. want to? Why do they want to? Why well, do- I... I can't speak for every unbeliever, but we know that the law of God is written on the hearts of everybody. Romans 2 talks about this, Romans 1 and 2. And so they have uh, that image of God. They're made into God's image, Genesis one twenty six. So because of this, a lot of them don't recognize that the imprint of God's holiness upon them and the requirements of the law are upon them. And so they, they act these out. They, they live in those. 
That's one of the reasons. Another reason is because they don't like pain and suffering and they want to help people. Uh, and and you know, they're taught basically to be good members of society. So that, that's why. Those are some of the reasons right there. Okay. Well, the house, but, but isn't that or contrary what the Romans 3 say? There's none to do good, not, not one, not one right. to seek after God. So isn't that a dilemma Romans there? 3, 10, 11, 12, right, yes. But what he's talking about there, he's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. No one do, does good. But we're ta- you asked about the issue, why do the unbelievers want to behave morally? Well, the reason, biblically, is because they're made in the image of God. So it's the law that they have. They don't know the law, but they have it written upon their hearts. You go to Romans one eighteen and start reading. And, uh, mm-hmm. and also 2.11. But that's a bad, reading. but that's a bad, mm-hmm, but that's a, but that's a, since they're a child of the devil, wouldn't the devil get upset and sad about that? No, not because at all. Wouldn't please their, not their, at all. their father, the devil. No, 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 no. You don't understand. See, the devil would like it if people were behaving morally in their atheism or their Mormonism or their, their Roman Catholicism. Because if they're behaving morally, then people are more attracted to those false doctrines and false churches. See? Okay. But, but, I'm, but I'm talking about just in general, not not religious people. I'm talking just regular sinners who don't care nothing okay, about religion which, at all. No type which, of religion. <laughs> Alberto, I think you're you're jumping here from different kind of like topics or focuses. So well, which focus uh, you want to get to? The unbeliever, the believer, the yeah yeah who educate- doesn't go to, who else, who else, yeah, the sinner who doesn't go to religion, no, no type of religion at all, no Mormon, no Catholic, no none of that. Just a plain sinner. But just hates God completely. So they, so See, why should they be morally? I know you said you said they would help people and all that, but that's on. contrary to their nature. Hold on, you, you just asked another question. Why should they? That deals with deontology, study of moral obligation. Why are they is different than why should they? They are that way. I gave you the reasons. The reason they should be that way is because God is the standard of all morality and all truth, and they're obligated to follow God's law and uh, give glory to God. Whether they're able to or acknowledge it or not is irrelevant to whether or not that's the obligation. That's why they should. That's a different topic, different question than why do they. Okay. Okay. So how come when when they okay since they okay they should. And they behave morally. Okay, now, how come when a Christian who, who identifies as a Christian in society, when he falls into sin, everybody mocks the Christian? They call him a hypocrite. No, no, no they don't. The unbeliever who... Everybody, wait, 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 wait. You made a statement here. Okay, so not everybody mocks, uh, you know, in the church and, and Christians mock a, a sinner who falls. I don't know anybody who does that, as you know, my Christian friends and, and you know, the... Decades have been a Christian and in churches. I've never seen that. Okay. But the sinners don't mock the Christian and call them a hypocrite. None of that. Oh, the sinners do. Yeah, the unbelievers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they're full the of sinners, hypocrisy. The, the unbelievers do that. Yeah, well, the unbelievers. Okay. okay. So the unbelievers do that. Yes, they do. And their mockery and their hatred of the things of God. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Now, how come, right? Now, how come when, when they commit immoral behavior, Nobody's saying anything about it. Basically, I like do. that they brush it off. Like I that. do. When you say nobody, here's the problem. No, you not, keep speaking in these huge. Hold on, hold on. You keep speaking in huge generalities, as though the huge generality is simply true, and it's not always true. But hey, Alberta, look, there's the music. Got to go, buddy. Okay. 
out of time, man. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. So there you go, folks. Another uh, another show. By God's grace, we'll be back in or back on the air tomorrow, and hope you have good questions and comments. Read your Bible. Come up with questions, and uh, Lord willing, we'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless. Have a great evening. Another program powered by the Truth Network.